0: Salutations and Ave, welcome to Babylon Rising, a show about witchcraft, sexuality, and creativity. Isn't there more to everything than following a bunch of old rules? Isn't there more to everything than following a bunch of old rules? Old rules? Isn't there more to everything than following a bunch of old rules? for this episode but i'm in in an especially good mood this midnight you know the clock strikes 12 and i'm all of a sudden extremely ready to create a new episode of the show uh now this subject is going to be discussing evil and that's i mean very it's gonna make a great episode title i'm feeling really spicy tonight I'm ready to have some interesting conversations about some things I've noticed about evil in the context of spirituality and magic and witchcraft, especially from my perspective as someone who has a genuine interest in thinking about evil in a lot of different ways and seeing how that does not always translate very well. (laughs) It's just I'm hoping for an, um, an incredibly interesting sort of discussion here now I have sort of picked up on this very early on not just you know there's a lot of different ways that I'm sure we all have experienced cruelty and also committed acts of cruelty um that's sort of not exactly what i'm talking about but you know you're watching the news with your grandparents and they're like those people right there they are evil and it's not as if this you know insert marginalized group here it's they're not committing acts of cruelty they're not i mean they're living their lives so i'm sure individually they do bad things that people would disapprove of or they've hurt themselves or others etc but It's like, I was very confused about what it meant that these people were evil seemingly because they were different from how, you know, we were supposed to be. And that was always really confusing to me. And that doesn't seem to go away even when you are looking at generally contemporary, like witchcraft I'm gonna call it that you know you're looking at all of the types of spaces that you can occupy where people are interested in spirituality and wellness and magic that problem still seems to persist and especially this is affecting people who have that darker those darker interests which in my opinion you know within reason are perfectly valid, you know, especially when I've just, you know, sort of intro this discussion by pointing out how ambiguous the, t- the idea of evil can really be. It's very confusing. I will never forget um, being 13 and my interest in alternative spirituality was very new. And my interest in podcasts was I mean relatively new because I was young uh but you know I sort of was like I have this interest I wonder if there are podcasts on the subject matter and I was sort of listening to a lot of different like wellness and spirituality programs and I'll never forget a conversation I heard on an episode of someone else's show where they were discussing their spiritual community and discussing some person that they had come across who they disapproved of and this person they were dressed in black and had seemingly an interest in blood magic and the necronomicon and ugh. i don't want to even know what kind of salacious magic this person is getting into and (laughs) this is just something that i've noticed it's really weird because if i met someone in, a, in the context of contemporary spiritual community, online or in person. And they, I somehow learned that they were interested in blood magic or the uh, Lamegaton or the notoria or I mean, maybe not the notoria I'm sort of mixing up my occult <laughs> books, but they were interested in the Lesser Key of Solomon and the Necronomicon and whatever. I wouldn't really... Translate that into them being a like bad negative person necessarily. I would just the same way that I don't think people who are Wiccans, who are like eclectic Wiccans, are better, gooder, more moral people. I just think, you know, that's interesting because I mean, if we're being honest here, and I think we should be so as occultists, as practitioners. More often than not, our spiritual practice is very secondary to our core beliefs and is more of a justification than, I mean, okay, we're talking about magical practice, not necessarily religion, but the lines there are blurry. And so I wouldn't really assume values based on someone telling me about their spiritual practice the same way that I've met Christians who are despicable people. who, you know, if something bad happened to them, I wouldn't feel sorry for them. And I've also met Christians who I have a lot of respect for, um, and who I really value them and their ideas. And sometimes the line is blurry. <laughs> uh, the perils of going through a Christian education system. That's what that is there. Uh, so... You know, I've also definitely had those types of experiences in person. People have looked at me and, you know, you can see what I look like on Instagram. I'm very alternative looking and usually I'm all in my, like, all black with my occult symbol jewelry and my dark makeup and I'm usually reading a grimoire or a spell book or whatever, like people look at me and talk about other people and say the same thing. Oh, I've met this guy. It's always a guy for some reason. And he had this dark disposition. And he wore dark clothing and odd jewelry with disturbing symbols. And he just had this aura. And it's like, I wouldn't hear that description or meet somebody like that and really think what I think these other people are thinking not to be Incredibly repetitive. Um, And so, evil is ambiguous. Some of us who are spiritual have an interest in evil. You know, that is confusing. I mean, okay, I guess we can start here, which is with the problem of evil, which is this big philosophical spiritual problem that a lot of people have. I mean, not necessarily me because I'm not a monotheist and I don't believe in an omnipotent all-knowing god, but people who do believe that often have the contradiction of how do you have this all-knowing omnipotent fundamentally good god who and like, where does evil fit into that? Obviously evil exists. I mean, that's not obvious because evil is such a vague term but you know for the sake of argument evil exists i mean at least the very least cruelty and suffering do exist where does that come from if we have this great god and all that this is sort of the reason i bring up the problem of evil even though i mentioned that i don't necessarily have this issue within myself and i'm sure if you're listening and you're some kind of witch or occultists or warlock or satanists or whatever, you probably don't have this exact issue either. The thing is, this is a sort of philosophical question that scholars, usually Christian scholars, have been trying to resolve for a long time. And out of that sort of thinking has come a lot of ideas that people take for granted. Um... So people are sort of operating with ideas that sort of come out of this way of thinking about the world that they're not really recognizing. And so I don't think like that. And a lot of people don't think like that. And it gets really confusing. And then you have people who are like, you are interested in... uh, Insert like strange, evil sounding grimoire name here. So you know dot 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 all of these types of ideas pop up (sighs) myself having gone through a catholic christian educational system i have had the unfortunate unfortunate curse brought upon me that i had to sit through many stupid not very thoughtful religious classes um (sighs) I don't mean to be so harsh because I found a way to make them enjoyable. But, you know, you sit through these religion classes and you really pick up on how people are sort of digesting the views that they're sort of inheriting from the adults around them. And now I'm not in high school any longer. I haven't been for a number of years, but I still remember, you know, the kinds of discussions we were having usually surrounding the problem of evil. Right. (sighs) That being said let's okay we're entertaining evil this is an episode about evil i can't just you know the the episode 11 minutes and be like okay well evil doesn't exist too vague third in the garbage bye i mean i've already conceded that if you wanna if what you mean by evil is suffering and cruelty then that very much so exists in our world so you know i think getting into like where evil comes from, or what it is, there are a couple of ideas that I've sort of encountered, and i'll I'll bring them up here, all right, so is evil an inevitable aspect of humanity? you know we love, we fear, we shit, we commit acts of evil, you know just part of human existence we are cruel and, uh, we force others to suffer, you know? Maybe that's what it is. And like I said, this is definitely a reasonable way to think about evil, in my opinion, at least. And this is definitely a sort of, uh, unconscious idea that I am guilty of having in my mind I don't like to think this because I don't think there are many aspects of humanity of human being that are inevitable I think you know there's a balance of nature and nurture and a lot of things come down to what we nurture in ourselves and each other that we don't want to recognize as such you know it's not i mean what's a more comfortable idea to think is it more comfortable to just think oh well nothing we can do about evil it just it is what it is so like maybe we shouldn't advocate for any kind of real societal change that would alleviate suffering because well suffering's inevitable you know shoulder shrug or or you know the sort of other way of thinking which is evil in terms of cruelty and cruel acts that humans commit especially that those acts that are bolstered by a system that incentivizes that kind of behavior what if we tried to influence that system to not do that and to promote happiness uh, and wellness well that's very difficult. That's really, really hard. (laughs) Obviously, I try to think that way. But I mean, either way, you know, whichever way you fall on the side of that spectrum, it's hard, you know, this is just a difficult framework to contend with. From whatever direction you're coming with, because it definitely it places this kind of evil. It's talking about a kind of evil that comes from people and the actions of people and the systems that we participate in. And that is just difficult to contend with. Obviously, um, we could talk about evil as a consequence of a physical existence. All right. Evil is material reality, existence itself, you know? We are here on earth, inside of our bodies, you know, wherever you are when you're listening, that is where the evil comes from. And whatever isn't that, when we go to the ethereal plane, if like, if you believe in this, I'm just sort of, you know, we're thinking about these ideas, We're trying to understand them. And so I guess in this idea of evil, the kind of evil it's talking about is clearly different from the evil the last idea was thinking about, right? You know, I think someone who thinks evil is a consequence of physical existence is maybe not talking about systemic racism. But maybe they are. I don't know because I don't have these ideas. Personally, but i I definitely understand that you know it's it's a very existence is suffering, you know, and that's definitely interesting to think about. I mean, I certainly prefer the suffering of existence because uh I don't really have a conception of non existence, and what if that's worse? <laughs> that's my personal view. that's how I feel about. <laughs> things in general though it's why I have this odd belief that like I definitely believe in ghosts but I definitely don't know about the afterlife like I'm very iffy on the afterlife but ghosts I don't know it seems like it's just something that that certain people experience whatever it really is they experience something it happened to them they feel that it is ghosts all right I've certainly had experiences that I felt like were paranormal or ghost experiences and it happens and you have these feelings and you reflect on the experience, whereas I've never experienced the afterlife in any sense, real or fantastical or whatever in between, you know, <laughs> that was a bit of a tangent. But moving on, there's also the classic evil is the absence of God um, or the absence of good. Because, like, God is good and those kind of, those two things can be kind of synonymous. There, This kind of, for me, you know, I've mentioned my Christian educational experience. This sort of, to me, falls similarly to the evil comes from free will thing. Which is kind of horrible because that's sort of implying that free will is the absence of God and therefore evil. I mean, it's confusing, but I've definitely had the experience of sort of observing this kind of discussion in a religious classroom and the response, the, you know, the religion teachers, they pull them out of the, you know, charging cabinet, they unplug them, they set them in front of the classroom and turn them on. And they say these (laughs) pre-programmed responses. This is one of them. Where does evil come from? Evil is, it comes from free will. I mean, I don't mean to completely conflate these ideas because evil is the absence of good. Is definitely, I I think it could make sense. But there's also the fact that good is just as vague a word or a concept as evil. I mean evil in this example could mean anything and so could good so I think it's more confusing than some of the other some of the other ideas I've been going over and I bring up all those examples to say most of them I mean it's very easy to see how they could all be describing something different from one another because evil is just so confusing and just such a vague term. Obviously, as we've been discussing this, I've tried to stick to evil is cruelty and suffering. Here's the thing, though. I mean, I already introduced the idea at the top of this episode that, you know, I remember watching, um, so maybe you don't know this because you probably don't live in Canada Or maybe you just don't know a lot about the greater Toronto area. Maybe you don't know a lot about Toronto specifically. But basically, um, this really huge thing happened uh, a number of years ago, which is that Black Lives Matter and the people who organized Pride and the Toronto police got into it. Um, And there was all this discussion about BLM And Pride and police. And it was a huge deal for like a number of years. And I'm sure if Pride is going to be like normal this year, which, yeah, if Pride is going to be normal this year, we're probably going to be having the same discussions because every year Pride comes around. I mean, every year now, people think about that year. People are thinking about police involvement in queer communities and there, Like that was also, I mean, there was also the gay serial killer that was like killing a bunch of gay men and the police knew he was there and didn't do anything. All of this to say that I remember when that whole situation kicked off on the news, sitting with my grandparents and them saying that pride is evil. I don't even think they were internalizing the conversation about police violence and negligence they they were hearing gay people and then they were like evil and what does it mean that gay and queer people are evil in this context to these people i'm not quite sure i can only guess i mean (laughs) from my experience being a queer person i think more often than not it's it comes down to disgust People think queer people are disgusting, and that's what makes us evil. Very confusing, very confusing. So, all this to say that my experience of evil, especially um, growing up in this, like, religious fundamentalist environment on the weekends, it's so, it's so strange that I've had this experience, you know, where most of the week i live with my mother who is a very uh open-minded laissez-faire type of individual very much most ideas are open to discussion with her and when they aren't it's not because she's going to impose her distaste upon you it's more like you know you like it i don't have to like it that kind of thing we've always had that kind of relationship i mean among other types of relationship with Obviously, my mom is not perfect. Our relationship has never been perfect. But it was always really weird for me to go from that environment where ideas are always on the table and learning is always on the table to, like, like three days out of the week, I'm with these people who are so close-minded and so conservative and so hateful, to be honest. Uh... It was it gave me this strange perspective I hold now, um but what I'm trying to say is that a lot of my experience of evil comes from these fanatical religious people who see evil i mean blatantly see evil as non normativity, and I think we're starting to finally get to or we're getting closer to what people who are interested in the darker side of magic and occultism mean when we are talking about evil a lot of and i think if people were being honest about what they found distasteful or immoral or wrong they would find that more often than not it comes to it comes to things that are more or less harmless, but which go against social norms, like being a gay person. There's the idea of evil that is coming down to cruelty and to harm and to suffering. But there's also this sort of simultaneous idea of evil that comes down to you're different, you're wrong, you're not being like I am being, and so you are evil. And... If you, I mean, obviously a great example of being, is being gay, of course, but, you know, you go into different communities and every community has their evil, you know, for a lot of Satanist types, our evil might be something really different and it might be about embracing non-normativity, but that's still an evil that we we see in our community right not to mention the inevitable cruelty and suffering that exists in any community anywhere right and so if you you know if you're sort of noticing this this like when someone says something is evil which i mean evil is kind of um a it's a big word you know and if someone was describing something as evil i just tend to immediately become skeptical because i'm so used to people calling the most benign things evil like to these people that i grew up around being catholic was evil (laughs) what i mean and not in a manner to discuss sexual abuse perpetrated by the catholic church no just being just being catholic was evil actually (laughs) being gay was evil Uh, having, um, short hair that you cut was evil. Wearing pants was evil. Um, you know, the whore of Babylon this, Jezebel that, you know. And this is why I like, really, I think if we're talking about problems in society, if we're talking about harm, I don't like to describe things as evil because to me, it's just the word feels like, um, So it feels very out of place in regular conversations that aren't all like fire and brimstone and death. So being non-normative is more often than not seen as its own kind of evil. And that's why when me, I mean, I can only really speak for myself, but I've noticed this in general, like if you have a sort of interest in, darkness people assume that means that you are evil and not just that you are evil in that you are not normal that you're deviating from what is expected of you but also that gets conflated with this other kind of evil that is about cruelty and harm because most people I don't think see this kind of distinction there are a lot of ideas about evil and good and bad that we sort of inherit and don't examine. And so I think a lot of people don't notice that they're doing this, Um, which, you know, fair enough. I also have ideas that I have to try really hard not to perpetuate in the way that I treat other people, but... This is also a conversation I was trying to have in the episode of the show called, I think, Contemplations and Advice for Demon Magic or something similar, where I was sort of discussing working with demons as a part of your spiritual practice and sort of spiritual evil, I'll call it. And the thing about this kind of spiritual evil that a lot of, you know, i don't know i mean people interested in the darker aspects of magic i'm gonna call the sort of non-normative but really in the end harmless evil that we are sort of fascinated with i'm gonna call it spiritual evil and i'm gonna call everything else mundane evil how about that that's the, the distinction the equally arbitrary distinction i'm trying to make so that we can have a clearer discussion this episode but These things are very often conflated and it gets really confusing. It's why you always have the people talking about gay people are evil. You ask them why it's because gay people are just like pedophiles. What? Oh, well, it's because gay people are just like animal abusers. Excuse me? What? Uh, you know, it's it's very confusing and Nobody, it feels like nobody is really clear in what they're discussing. I mean, there are definitely people who I think are abusing the fact that these different types of evil are conflated because the other thing is that things that are seen as like non-normative are also cruelty and abuse. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people would argue that it shouldn't be seen as the case because Some of the most basic overarching systems of power that we participate in also serve to perpetuate harm and abuse. But people see those kinds of things as being outside of themselves and their communities and their systems of power. And so that's another like problem. This is the kind of problem of evil that like I am thinking about, which is that all this evil is conflated because they see all of these things, people in general, including myself, I've discussed this at the top of the episode, you know, I also have perpetuated cruelty, and also experienced cruelty, you know, we're all caught up in this web, right? Sorry, I have to take a drink. Um, so... All of these types of evil are being conflated with one another, partly because they're all seen as being um, not a part of us. You know, we aren't like that. That's not us. This is a problem with like people characterizing racism as evil. You know, racism is evil. So we can't be racist because that's not us. That's not of us. Because the thing about evil is it's, most often seen as this sort of outside force or this thing that is sort of not a part of us and so we don't really need to deal with it as if it was which is why i like like i mentioned a number of times i don't like to call things evil because Mm -hmm. it's confusing it's more work than it's worth and doesn't really help people to understand problems in my opinion just Calling things evil, it's too loaded, it's too confusing. But at the same time, in terms of people who are interested in evil as a way to discuss, like, non-normativity, especially, you know, Satanist types who are interested in the power of blasphemy and, you know, counterculture and stuff like this, there is a w- interesting power that comes with, I'll go with the example of being queer again, of being, of queerness being conflated with a type of evil. There is a weird power in it where you get persecuted, but also you inspire such fear and disgust in other people that I think queer people everywhere can sort of, I mean... I would think, I'm presuming here, I'm being presumptuous, but at least for me, I've certainly seen and experienced people, including myself, who are queer, who in desperation and in fits of rage, uh, weaponized that fear people have of queer identity. (sighs) This is like upsetting to discuss, but yeah, no, people, it is possible to weaponize the, the fear of the other that is often described as the other being some form of evil. This is also an aspect a lot of times of of magic, right? When we're discussing magic, And we're discussing working with these dark forces of the universe, whatever. Um, And we are reading these grimoires and we're learning about these practices, which, you know, serve to sort of explore the feelings of fear and disgust in that people can have in a magical sense and in reaction to evil There's the whole. There's the, uh. This is on the tip of my tongue. The Pazuzu effect, you know? You associate yourself with this evil so that that other evil doesn't take an interest in you, you know? And that's sort of. This is all really complicated. I'll say that, but. You know, I've been reading a lot recently about evil. I've been reading recently a lot about evil for my classes i've been reading about the cliff off and that's been interesting i've also recently picked up a copy of the necronomicon so i've been thinking a lot a lot a lot more than usual about evil and i feel like at this point in the conversation things are sort of going similarly to or going in a direction similar to the episode I did about fear in witchcraft and the way that that can be a productive force if you want it to. I think the same could be said for this kind of spiritual evil, right? There is a um, passage in one of the books I was reading which described evil as outside of the bounds of order which is how i would describe chaos kind of right i've also discussed chaos magic a number of times on the show and chaos is this eternal primordial force which precedes everything and is the perpetuation of existence itself right and can also be described as its own kind of order because, or its own form of evil because it exists outside of order, right? And it sort of transmutes as it flows from a state of pure chaos into a half-formed reality and into, you know, current circumstances, right? Current existence as it is. Um, but it also, you know, it sort of changes back as it flows into the unmade future, you know, this is a very heady conversation. And so I hope people are sort of able to understand what I'm trying to describe here is that, you know, people in general, including myself, are very confused about what evil means and, when you're interested in darker stuff in general, especially when it comes to witchcraft with magic and occultism, that can be very scary for other people and for yourself. It can also be a very fruitful experience when, because you can sort of see, you can sort of see the way things are now from an outside perspective. When you're really thinking about evil in terms of, how it moves through your spiritual practice. You can access ideas and ways of being that could be greater than you ever imagined because before you were bound to expectations of you laid upon you by you know, other people and by society and those aren't always a good thing. Like I said, we are not at the moment talking about a cruel evil, a cruel and mundane evil that comes down to, you know, harm and suffering. But we're talking about the way that being, you know, a part of consensus reality, which you should be most of the time. I'm going to clarify that. I'm not saying you should untether yourself from reality and float off into, you know, dark clouds of chaos and become one with chaos herself. Not saying that because I don't recommend that. And also, you know, I've discussed this in other episodes, but what I'm trying to say is that when you can leave, even just for a moment, the sort of strict adherence to consensus reality that is more often than not deeply encouraged when you are especially when you are participating in our societal systems right when you can peek outside of those bonds whether through the help of a demon or anything else really i mean we i mean Not to be presumptuous, but me at least, I have an interest in demons because that's what they do for me, you know. And there are different spiritual, you know, practices which do different things. But for me, what helps me to achieve this is to sort of embrace the spiritual evil of these paths in works like these really interesting grimoires and some folk practices and In books like the Necronomicon, you get the rare opportunity to think about existence from a really different perspective, and you can develop yourself in a way that could be much better than you ever dreamed of beforehand. And I think this is why so many practitioners interested in darker stuff, have these sort of romantic feelings about blasphemy and evil and similar such things because we sort of see this and it's hard, it's so hard to talk about with different people because just, you know, it can be very vague and confusing. So that all being said, We have now reached the end of this episode of the show. If you have questions or concerns, find me on Instagram, where I basically live. My Instagram page is called Venus.Libitina, or email me at BabylonRisingPodcast at gmail.com. Both of these are always linked in the episode show notes. Thank you to current patrons for helping to produce this episode of the show, and other listeners If you feel so inclined, feel free to leave a rating and review on iTunes to support the show, or if you have some extra money to spare, donate $3 a month to the Patreon page where you get early access to all episodes as well as bonus episodes of the show if you're into that. Both types of support keep Babylon Rising on the net. So those links and more are always in the episode show notes. Feel free to check it out. Until next time, Ave Babylon.